Hi, my name is Nikki. My name is Charlie. And you're listening to Bed Bed Crime Crime Stories, a weekly true crime podcast where we pour ourselves a drink and take turns telling each other the stories that keep us up at night. Hi, Nikki. Hi. Hi. So we're going to kick things off. Nikki is going to jumpstart this episode with our true crime headlines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, I have uh, deleted Facebook. So Yay. Um, no, that's not unfortunate. That's yay. Well, that's where I get all my true crime headlines. Oh. So now it's a little bit more difficult and it's like a little bit more work on me. Mm. So both of mine today are from Oxygen.com. Yes. Because I tried going to usatoday.com and they just didn't have any any really good true crime headlines today. So the first one I did was, which I don't even see the date for this one. So it is Louisiana. Oh, no, it's from, sorry, February 20th, 2021. Sometimes they put it a, below the header and this one's like above the header. So I was like trying to look below and I was like, it's not there. Yeah. So, um, Louisiana salesman with a history of infidelity shot and killed by his wife and her BFF. Oh, that's very like goodbye, Earl. Right? That's what I thought when I heard it. That is very or goodbye, well, I Earl. It. I like, like that. Yeah. So I saw that and I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, that's bad. No killing people, please. Ladies, I mean, calm down. Sorry. <laughs> I was talking to one of my friends that I used to work with and she said she always like she wasn't a true crime person but she always loved the um the one about the women killing their husbands mm. because she's like I can see how they did it like I can see why that's honestly why I really enjoy the show snapped I think that's, because that's sometimes what she I liked. watch it and I'm like I mean yeah yeah so to learn more about this story go to oxygen.com yes so sorry I shouldn't be cheering them on that's terrible no boo ladies i mean sometimes no well i will tell you this god forbid if something happened with like with jovi's fiance i would i would goodbye earl him in a heartbeat (laughs) i mean have you seen the people who get she's not kidding (laughs) no so have you seen the people who get divorced and they do the goodbye earl photo shoot i have seen that yes i was like those are so freaking awesome that's hashtag goals i would do that yeah right okay so my second story is from February 19th, and it is teen viciously kills best friend's aunt after putting murder on her bucket list. <gasps> That's awful. Right? It says she then stole a shirt from the victim and wore it at her funeral. Which That's I was like, that is I was ballsy. like, she needs to come back and haunt your ass. So. Wow. Was there like, okay, other than murder being on your bucket list, was there a motive of why she chose her as the victim? I don't know. Um, but this actually happened back in tw- one, uh, 2001. And I think it was just recently solved. Dang. So it said Dana's loved ones were uh, first realized something was amiss on August 31st, 2001, after she failed to show up for work and her neighbors were unable to reach her. So the authorities performed a welfare check at her home and arrived to find the back door partially open. As as an an officer walked through the house and found a tragic display. Dude. So she she was lying dead on her uh, living room couch. Dang. Yeah. So, oh, I guess it's going to be on a show called An Unexpected Killer on Oxygen. Uh, Set the DVR for that, my friends. Right? So. That's crazy. 
It just said uh, she would frequently let her 17-year-old niece, Amanda, who often ran away from home, stay with her in order to keep out of trouble. Amanda and her friends would visit Dana's house all the time because it, she was a trusted adult who was always there to support them amidst any trouble at home. This is why I don't trust children. Wow. This is why I don't want to have kids. I'm like, my kid would end up wanting to kill me for some reason. Well, yeah, probably. But, yeah. So, uh, keep your eyes out on that. That just sounds very... Wow. Very interesting. That's crazy. Isn't it? That takes some balls, too. Crazy. Oof. Dang. All right. Well, yeah. that's fun. So. That's fun. Charlie. So, before we jump into the uh, <laughs> to this week's bed crime story, I know that Nikki had some... Uh, had something that she wanted to chat about. The Cecil Hotel. Oh, yes. It's, what is it called? It's like the disappearance or the I vanishing. Watched, the vanishing at the I, Cecil Hotel, right? I've watched three different things about the Cecil Hotel. So I watched The Horror at the Cecil Hotel, which okay. is on Discovery Plus, which is kind of like a TV show of okay. like dramatic reenactments of like. I can't with that anymore. So I was just kind of like, eh. It was yep. eh. Mm-hmm. And then. I watched Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, which mm-hmm. I liked. Okay. I wasn't so. as big of a fan. And I'm going to tell you why I wasn't as big of a fan. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I didn't enjoy it and I didn't get new information that I didn't know before. And it's not that I don't think it was well done because I think it was a very well done documentary. My biggest issue with it was if you're going to call it <clears throat> the Cecil Hotel, oh, right? Yeah. Then, and it's four episodes long. You need to go into detail about other cases, maybe, that happen at the oh, Cecil Hotel. And I know that they mention them. Lots of cases. Correct. There's so much yeah. that happened, and there's so much tied in at that place that makes it as creepy as it yeah. is. Like, I was actually really upset that they never mentioned on the documentary that it was the inspiration for the hotel season of American Horror Story. <gasps> that was on one of the other ones okay. that I watched. And I'm like, that's yes. like super like zeitgeisty. Like, why wouldn't you want to mention that? Yeah. But I, the whole thing with the Elisa Lamb story is it's so tragic. It's so, there's so much to it. It is a very like dense story when you deep dive into it because there is so much that happened mm-hmm. in just that short amount of time between her going missing and her being found. Yeah. But was it four episodes worth of information? I don't think it was. And did, I felt like they went around in circles to, like, make it four episodes. Did did you, did your opinions change on what you originally viewed after watching it? No. I, before I watched it, thought or think that it was 100% a mental episode. And I still think it's okay. 100% a mental episode. So before episode. I watched it, I had always thought that someone had killed her. Mm-hmm. So then after watching it, I could see where the whole mental bipolar, was it bipolar or schizophrenia or what was it? The bipolar. bipolar. Like mm-hmm. I could see where that break was happening yeah. because, you know, and it makes sense because I was always like, everybody was always like, the door was locked. But then they yeah. were like, there's a window with an emergent. Like the, Correct. The, and my whole thing is, is nobody ever talked about the girls that she was in the room with mm-hmm. discussing her behavior prior yes. to the incident. And like, that's important to oh, prove yeah. that that is what happened. It doesn't make it any less tragic. What oh, happened yeah, no, to it's her so sad what happened, but it's very in my, in my opinion. And I know that there's going to be people out there to, that disagree with me. I know that there's people out there who vehemently think that somebody killed her. And I also know that there's people out there who really think it was supernatural, which Guys, come on. But I 
I I'm sorry. I think all of the evidence is very obvious pointing to the fact oh, that yeah. she had stopped taking her medication. She had the history of her bipolar episodes and then the behavior prior to her disappearance. Well, it just all makes and sense. And what is so sad is the hotel manager was talking about how that's a re- people regularly like act that way. Correct. So like if if that was like a normal hotel and there weren't these transient peoples, she would have been like something would have been done. The red flags she would have been, been raised. Yes. Right. She would have been assisted. But since and the other thing that I learned about the Cecil Hotel, which I did not know, is that it has to be low income housing. Yes. Half of the hotel has to be low income yes. housing. And I, didn't I know did that. not learn that. And I was like, that's crazy. So even though they resold it, like because you know they resold it at yeah, the end. Yeah, now it's stay on main. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's but it's they resold it since then, I think. I think it's still called the stay on oh, main. Oh, is though. it? Okay. Uh, yeah, I Google But it. it's like they still have to have like 50 of that, 50% of that hotel. It has to be living quarters. Yeah. For low income housing. And then mm-hmm. when you're talking about low income housing. Right. So my thing is like, I didn't realize that. So right. it's just like, oh, it's crazy. I felt like I crazy. learned a little bit more about watching that. I definitely learned a lot more about the hotel itself. Yeah. As far as like the operations of the hotel itself. Mm-hmm. I also felt I learned a lot more about the Skid Row area of LA where it's located because I don't think I ever knew well no not that I don't think I didn't ever know that that's the area of LA that it was located yeah and I mean I've never been to California I've never been to Los Angeles so I wouldn't I wouldn't know anyway even if you gave me the address I wouldn't know what it meant yeah but um learning more about that it's also a thing of like well, and yeah. then that one couple that went and stayed there oh, from can't. the other country, and they were like, they were like, oh, they they sold it out to be this beautiful hotel, and then yes. when they get there, and it's not that nice, and then they they were talking about how they were drinking the water, oh. and they were just, and I'm just like, and then isn't it crazy that the same shot that these people had to go get was named after her? Yes, and I was like. Oh. Just mm-hmm. weird things like that was yes, and that's the whole thing is like everything was so coincidental. It was so coincidental, and I'm the first person to say there's no such thing as coincidences in tri- in crime. I will always say that there's no such thing, but you can't you can't convince me that she was killed. You can't. There there's no way. Well, I used to think I used to think so until like I watched this documentary mm-hmm. and I was like I can totally see. Mm-hmm. Because like I felt like I learned a lot more about the case than mm-hmm. I learned before. Yeah. Because I was always told, oh, that that door was always locked, and like I never heard about these other girls. So things like that, like when you just look at just the single video that's out there. Correct. And then like okay, so then this is the other thing. So I watched um, Ghost Adventures, the Cecil Hotel. Oh, nice. Where they lock themselves in, which I believe in ghosts. <laughs> okay. And I believe in supernatural things. I do too. To but, a point. Like, I should have watched this before I watched any of the other shows. And I failed and I watched this last. So everything to me, for whatever reason, I found comical. Mm. Because I just couldn't, like, after, like, watching them break something down for four, you know, four episodes or whatever, then to go in and watch this and you're just kind of like, and they're talking about, like, 
hit the elevator in a certain way and it'll open a world to another like i heard about that too that it's like there's a code that you put in on the elevator yeah. and that's what she and was then, seeing she was seeing the apparition of whatever it was that if you put the code in on the elevator it appears to you so you couldn't see it on the video but she could see it yeah and he was like he's like he goes oh i can feel a cold breeze and then he's like are you here and then he's like reading the thing and he's like oh i'm not supposed to be asking her if she's here and I'm just like, oh, my God. I can't. I actually, I, I had to separately watch it, like, two separate times. Mm-hmm. I mean, in pieces. Like, I right. haven't actually finished it because I just was like, it's so hard to, like, I don't know. Yeah. But, the, I mean, they went over some of the other cases because, like, they had someone stay in Richard Ramirez's room that he would stay in. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I didn't know about the Cecil Hotels. That's where Richard Ramirez would go and stay. Yeah, that's where he was living when he committed all of his murders. Yeah. And then they also went over the case of the woman who threw herself out the window mm-hmm. and landed and killed another guy on the pavement. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, they, they definitely went into other stories and stuff. And then they had, like, this weird, like thing to where they could catch figures and it was like it looked like a stick person moving so it was like i couldn't take it serious because it was a stick person but i was just like i believe in ghost right i believe that place is fucking haunted would i want to stay there overnight hell no no absolutely not i would never like you couldn't like i was talking to my boyfriend i was like you could not pay me mm-hmm. to stay in that hotel i it is i haunted. believe in ghosts to a point i believe in the supernatural to a point i do not believe for one second any of those stupid ghost hunter shows not for a second. It, okay, I will say that there's actually one exception. There's one exception. Um, back in the day, there was a show called Paranormal State. Yes. Okay. Paranormal State was the jam. And I don't know if it was because I found, like, the main guy, Ryan Buell, really hot. That could have been part Wait, of it. Wait, I think, hold on. He was, like, a blonde dude, right? No, no, tall, brown hair. He looked like the one dude from One Tree Hill that I love, James Lafferty. Yeah. Okay. So there's so many so, that I've watched. <laughs> but the thing that I loved about Paranormal State is every single time they would go to a different place, they weren't trying to prove a ghost was there. They were trying to debunk the family. Yes. And like, no, this is what's happening here. That's why what your experience is and what you're experiencing. They weren't like trying to be like, oh, yes, there's a presence here. Like, I can't yes. stand that shit. I cannot stand that yeah. shit. And also, Ryan Buell's really hot. And then their one, their one medium guy, Chip Coffee. He's my favorite. I love him. I follow him on Facebook and on Twitter, and I adore him. Chip Coffee, I love you. If you are listening, I believe in you. <laughs> so my recommendations for these is to watch Ghost Adventures, uh, the Cecil Hotel first, mm-hmm. then watch the horror at the Cecil Hotel. It's like, uh. Mm-hmm. But it like it tells you stories that you've like never heard before, so that's okay. why I liked it because I was okay. like, oh, okay. And then um, crime scene, the vanishing of the Ce- at the Cecil Hotel. That's the Netflix one. Yes, right. because the one with the horror, I learned, and I think they they covered it in the the horror, ne- not horror. horror. I thought I was like, horror. Sorry, no horror, 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 horror. I was like Charlie. I was like horror. No horror. Bro, let me just say, I have the worst pronunciation ever. Yes, you do. I I, I will own up to it. I don't know what it is. And well, no, I'm laughing because it's pronunciation, not pronunciation. Yeah, so it was funny go. because... It, yeah, I said it wrong. It was funny because it was I very it, meta. I did, I did it wrong. Yes. Yes. But, but they were talking about the Black Dahlia was last seen at the Cecil Hotel, That's too. That's right. I heard and about I that, too. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. 
I was like, what the fuck? And I didn't know that. So then they had tied that in with the mm-hmm. Cecil too. So then I was just like, that place is fucking haunted. I fucking there's haunted. just that bad juju there, man. Like, bad. and I just I think it's just a combination of where it is, the fact that it's it was so inexpensive to stay there. So you have mm-hmm. all of these people who are mentally ill who are living on the street who go into the Cecil Hotel to stay. Yeah. And then like the manager of the hotel said, the way she was behaving in the lobby is not out of the norm for yeah. the Cecil Hotel. If that was at like a comfort inn, people would have been like, what? We should probably call the cops. But Let's call the cops because that's there, odd. They're like, okay. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Very but crazy. yeah, that's just uh, what I've been watching lately. So hmm. lots of Cecil. I think once I get stuck on something, I want to just, like, learn everything about it because it blows my mind. Yeah. I realize how much happens. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. Charlie has a story for us. Charlie does have a story for you guys tonight. So it is bed crime tour. Wow. Bed crime Tory time? Bed crime Tory time. Tory time. Wow. It is bed crime story time. And tonight, I am going to be telling you all the story of the Delphi murders. Mm-hmm. These are some of my favorites. Sorry, oh. I gotta like sippy sippy in the background. That's okay. Sippy sippy away. Okay, so my sources for the story this evening, honestly, most of my information came right from Reddit. Um, the two subreddits that I got most of my information from were the Delphi Murders subreddit and Unresolved Mysteries subreddit. Um, and then I finished it up from a WRTV.com article that was published um, in February of 2020 by Katie Cox. So lots of definitely a lots of stuff there was a wealth of information on reddit um the delphi murder subreddit actually has along the top where you can click on the wiki you can click on resources blah blah blah, and every tab has like definitions and fact checking and but it's it's very interesting the amount of research that yes it's it's but i think isn't that where they have a lot of like the what do they call them web sleuths the web sleuths Mm -hmm. isn't that where they all like hang out yeah yeah there's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of really good and very um interesting information a lot of theories a lot of things that you're kind of like okay um but it's a lot of information that you're able to this one always from gets me real excited because this one's just freaking crazy and it's a social media this one's crazy well kind of this one's really crazy this one is in my opinion 110 percent solvable so it also frustrates me a lot but it's uh here here we go so the delphi murders is the name given to the murders of abigail j williams known as abby and her best friend liberty german known as libby in delphi indiana on february 13th 2017 so we actually just passed the four-year anniversary of um of the girl's murder so abby was born on june 23rd 2003 in michigan she was an eighth grader at delphi community middle school at the time of her death she was only 13 years old abby was an only child who lived with her mom and, and their cat um, she loved to play volleyball and was on the school team for three years prior to her death. Libby was born on December 27th, 2002 in Lafayette, Indiana, and was also an eighth grader at Delphi Community Middle School. She had just turned 14. Libby and her older sister, Kelsey, lived with their grandparents. Libby was all about softball. Um, she actually played first base 
And her love for the sport was so infectious that she was able to convince Abby to join the school team. They were going to be playing together that coming season. So the events of our story begin on Sunday, February 12th, 2017. Abby slept over at Libby's house. So like I said, Libby lived with her grandparents Um, and Abby slept over the house. The two of them spent time playing in the backyard. They watched a movie. They painted for a little bit. Um, And the next day on Monday, the 13th, the girls had an unexpected day off of school. So basically what happened was the Indiana school district where they attended school was obligated to use the two snow days that they built into the calendar. And since the snowy season was coming to an end, the district closed the school for the day, kind of gave the kids a a free snow day off. And it just happened that that day was unseasonably warm. So it was like a beautiful day outside and the girls just wanted to spend some time outside. They wanted to go and wanted to explore. So around noon, Abby and Libby asked 16-year-old Kelsey, Libby's sister, to give them a ride to the nearby Mary Gerard Nature Preserve. Um, The preserve was a common area to go and use the hiking trails. So the girls had permission to go, and they arranged it so Libby's father would pick the two up around 3 p.m. from an agreed-upon spot. So Kelsey dropped them off right at the entrance to the preserve. It was around 1.45 p.m. So they would have just a little over an hour to explore, enjoy the day, take a walk around, you know, do do what the kids do, do what the teenagers do. Bro, me and my best friend when we were little, we used to go out into like the woods behind his house mm-hmm. and there was like one of those like water thing. Like, I don't know what those are. Like the, it was just like a little tunnel and then it like... Oh, like a culvert? I think yeah, so. Yeah, a storm But culvert, we used to yeah. like literally just put leaves down it and watch them go like that's what we would do and we're like this this is so so awesome and i was like yeah thinking back i'm like fuck i could have been kidnapped yeah (laughs) this is an adventure please when you're little yeah Yeah. man um so abby and libby began their afternoon walk on the monon high bridge trail which is one of the more secluded trails known mostly to locals so along this trail you come across the monon high bridge which is an abandoned railway bridge over the deer creek And it's a little over 60 feet over the creek bed. The bridge itself is difficult to cross. It's a wooden bridge. It was built in 1890 and has actually been decommissioned and not used since since the 80s. So this wooden bridge has basically just been sitting there decaying because why repair it? The railway isn't being used. Um, The wooden boards of the bridge are rotted and crumbling. There's also no railing on the bridge. So you're your width of the bridge is probably only about three, maybe four feet wide with no railing, 60 feet in the air. Nope. Yeah. Seriously hard nope. pass. There's no way. There's right? no way. You couldn't even pay me. No, absolutely not. You couldn't even pay me to get near the bridge. Yeah, like no. I'd be like, yeah, it's nice. Bye. Like yeah. once I get like high enough, I start like just uncontrollably like oh, shaking. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No. Um, But this was like a thing for the locals to do. And the, Kids grew up playing around the high bridge. It was just the thing, I guess. So, okay. So Libby had her phone out to document their adventure on her Snapchat. um, And she had uploaded a photo of Abby smiling as she walked on the Monon High Bridge. So around 3.11 p.m., Libby's father, Derek, texted... Like the band. Yes, like the band. They sang Amber... Right? Yes, because 112 didn't. 311 did. That was the mistake I made a couple episodes ago. I was like, I don't even know who 112 is. No. Cupid and peaches and cream. Peaches and cream. cream. I love it because you know that I'm a fiend. Wow. Okay. 
Uh, <laughs> it's I need it because you know that I'm a fiend. Whatever. No. Nope. Anyway. It's okay. We're we're way too old for Nikki to understand what we're talking about. Um, hey. <laughs> How old are you? I'm going to be 38 this year. Same. I mean, it's only seven years. Yeah, peaches and cream was cool when I turned 18. So you would have been 11. 11. I highly doubt I was into the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and like Britney Spears at that time. Yeah, but that would have been like R&B. That's like R&B stuff. Yeah, okay. I was into pop. My sister loved the 311. She had a 311 poster in her bedroom. That's right. I I really... That's right. I'm talking to you. You you know you listen you listen sister, you know I I I, I really got into them because one of my eleven or one twelve one twelve oh my like, god LA sister had a three eleven poster no. up on one twelve one twelve not three eleven and actually I don't even think it was one twelve she had um she's screaming it at the phone right now as yes. she's listening to this yes, episode it was one of the bands that like was part of like puff daddy's it was like she had a puff daddy poster she had a mace poster yeah. it was 112 wasn't it maybe <sighs> it wasn't 311 it wasn't three. see i just like <laughs> 311 because uh they did like the what what was it the main song for 51st states and that's like one of my favorite movies yes they did yes. yeah they did they did i just like the song amber yeah. it's a jam it's okay chill. wow sorry sorry I just, I had to. It's okay. That was a weird And then it, it still. Was it one Yes. Still... She did. She also had an NSYNC poster on her wall that when you pressed a button, it sang tearing up your, tearing up my heart at you. And then it started oh to God. die. And it was like. Oh, man. I used to. Yeah. It was, it was creepy. creepy. I mean, it was creepy when it sang I used the to have song the Britney the Spears way, but... dolls where you'd push your belly button and then she'd sing. Yeah. Remember those? Yeah. Good times. Yeah. All right. Hashtag free Britney. Yes. Free Britney. Okay. At around 3.11 p.m. Oh, God. This is awful. Libby's father, Derek, texted Libby's phone to let the girls know that he was about to arrive at the pickup spot to meet and to meet him there. So he texted her again when he parked, received no response. And this was truly out of the ordinary for Libby. She was usually very easy to get in touch with. Um, so Derek tried to call her and she did not answer the phone. So he got out of the car. He decided to walk the trails a little bit, look for the girls himself. And after about 15 minutes of searching, he started to really worry because the girls themselves were very responsible and it wasn't like them to not answer him back. He called his mother, Becky, Libby's grandmother that she lived with, to let her know what was going on. She also tried to call Libby's phone, and when it wasn't answered, she called her husband, Libby's grandfather, Mike, to tell him what was going on. So he immediately left work to join Derek at the trails to help search for Abby and Libby. An hour passed, and once the sun started to go down, they called police to report the teenagers missing. So word that the girls were missing spread really quickly because the families started to turn to social media. Have you seen the girls? They're missing. If you see them. Social media is amazing at times. Sometimes it does what it's supposed to do, right? Um, By 6 p.m., a full search was underway, including hundreds of concerned local residents, state police, the county sheriff's deputies, and other local authorities. Um, They had called Libby's phone and attempted to ping its location, but they were unsuccessful with triangulating where it was. There were drones. There was canine units being used, like all hands on deck. They were looking for the girls, but the teams were having a really rough time covering the ground and navigating the area in the dark. Again, where they were, it was near that creeks. It was very hilly, rough terrain. So because it was dark, they were having a hard time. So around midnight, they did suspend the search. 
to resume it in the morning. At this point, Carroll County Sheriff Toby Lezenby, Lezenby, it's either Lezenby or Lezenby. I'm going to go with Lezenby. Or let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Um, That's what came into my brain. So just to let you guys know, uh, when I die, I want Let It Be sung at my funeral. I tell everybody because if it isn't played at my funeral, I will haunt everybody. So someone in my hey, family. You want me to sing it? You want me to sing it? No, I don't want you to sing it, Jovi. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> someone in my family literally picked out the funny. Have you ever heard the funny farm? Yes. To play at my grandfather's mm-hmm. funeral. They're taking me away. Ho, ho, hee, hee, ha, ha. Yeah. Well, that was just like. Mm-hmm. It was weird. I mean, but I mean, I guess. Yeah. Why not? But yeah. Let it be. Played at my funeral. Like I said, because if it's not, I'm, I'm haunting all of you. Um, okay. So Toby Let It Be uh, issued a statement that foul play was not suspected at that time. So at dawn, family members, friends, volunteers. At dawn. At dawn. Sorry. At at dawn. <laughs> I hope you know when I re-listen, I'm always like, at dawn. <laughs> or like, I got, like dog. 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 Because when I, I try it, I and say it. it, when I try to say it not in my Jersey accent, it sounds so weird. At dawn. I love it, though. Dawn. <laughs> Family members, friends, volunteers, the FBI, and even dive teams began to scour the area. Jesus. Yeah. Just before noon, the worst had happened. A volunteer searcher came across the bodies of two teenage girls near Deer Creek, approximately a half a mile away from the from the Monon High... Wow, I'm going to do that again. Approximately a half mile away from the Monon High Bridge. So the bodies were autopsied. Sergeant Kim Riley of the Indiana State Police and Delphi's police chief Steve Mullins released a joint statement to the public. Based on the way the bodies were found, foul play is suspected. They did not, in their statement, identify the names of the victims or how they died, but the entire community knew that it was Abby and Libby. So the following day, the state police and local police department held joint press conferences to confirm that the two bodies were indeed those of Abby Williams and Libby German. And they also released a photograph of an unidentified male walking across the dilapidated Monon High Bridge at around the same time the girls would have been there. They did not state that this individual was a suspect, but did ask that he come forward to give an interview. A fundraiser was held in the community to help the families with funeral costs. On the evening of Saturday, February 18th, 2017, services were held for Abby and Libby at the Delphi High School. Attendance was so overwhelming that they had to extend the hours of visitation by two and a half hours just to make sure everyone had a chance to pay their respects and say goodbye. After visitation, um, after the visitation, hundreds of lanterns were released in the sky as a tribute to Abby and Libby. The following day, police confirmed that the man in the photo they released to the public was indeed the prime suspect in the case. The photo was captured by Libby herself as the girls were on their walk. On Wednesday, February 22nd, 2017, a video clip of the man was released, also captured by Libby on her phone. Um, As she was Snapchatting, Abby, he was walking up behind them and she got freaked out enough that she started to record him as he was walking across the bridge yes um not only did they yeah seriously talking about having that like sound mind in that moment 
to do that is just unbelievable to me. Um, so they released that video clip and along with the video clip it included a snippet of audio where you can hear the man say down the hill. By Friday, March 16th, 2017, Indiana State Police Sergeant Tony Slocum said that over 12 search warrants had been issued through the investigation. So with the tips that were coming and stuff, there was 12 different search warrants issued. One of those warrants was executed by police at the property of 77-year-old Ronald Logan. The property that was owned by Ronald Logan is the property where Abby and Libby's bodies were found at the bottom of or next to the creek. So it was actually it happened to be the bottom of private property. It was right behind his home. Um, the police made it clear to the public that he was not considered a suspect and not to jump to conclusions because the search warrant, exactly. It was like the search warrant is just a routine part of the investigation. We need to get the search warrant to get to his property so we can find evidence, you know? But of course, because media, the media, yeah, the media pelted authorities with questions and drudged up information on Ronald. Apparently, he was on probation for operating a vehicle while intoxicated in 2014. His license was suspended, and he wasn't supposed to be driving, but on the day of Abby and Libby's disappearance, he had violated his parole to drive to the city dump, or the county dump. As a result, and because people were snooping around, um, he was sentenced to three and a half years in prison, but this was later reduced to serving home detention and being monitored by a GPS system. 77 year old man. Seriously. Now I'm not saying, no, I am saying that's awful. <laughs> like driving while under the inf- influence, not smart. Mm-mm. Don't do that guys. Yeah, don't. Please don't ever, ever, ever call an Uber, but call because people were so desperate to, and again, I get being desperate to find out what happened to the girls. I get that. I 100% do. Well, but in this type of a situation where it's an active case, you have to understand the logic of why the police would need a warrant to go to this man's property. Yeah. Well, and then also, like, that's been a problem with this case, or people are just saying yes. names of people who... Right, which I'll be getting to that in yeah. just a second. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. No, no, no. Jumping you're fine. ahead. No, you're fine. Um, so after this, the investigation went relatively stagnant, but the police were insisting that the case had not gone cold. On July 17th, 2017, a composite sketch of the grainy photograph captured by Libby was released to the public, and as a result, hundreds of new tips and leads emerged from that sketch. The photo itself, the actual photograph is very difficult to see a face it is so when they did the composite sketch people were like oh yes this guy looks like him type of a thing however indiana state police had to warn the public to stop armchair sleuthing because facebook users were posting side-by-side comparisons of innocent people to the newly released composite sketch which of course caused confusion for cops looking for viable leads and caused a whole host of headaches for the people whose photos they posted don't do it don't do it unless there's unless a reason know. to yeah. suspect that person then dude call in the call in the tip like next week's but story there's a bunch of red flags seriously like come on man Along with the sketch, law enforcement also described that the subject sub the little boop boop boop. Along with the sketch, Can we leave that in. <laughs> sure. <laughs> along with the sketch, law enforcement also described the suspect as a white man between five feet six inches tall and five feet ten inches tall, weighing 180 to 220 pounds, with reddish brown hair and an unknown eye color. 
In September of that year, a person of interest was named, 31-year-old Daniel Nations. However, a few months later, at the one-year anniversary press conference, police say that Daniel was not someone we care a whole lot about at this moment in time. And Daniel Nations was no longer discussed as a person of interest in the case. So as quickly as he became a person of interest was as quickly as he was not one. And this is where the case sat. Until another press conference held by the Indiana State Police on April 22nd, 2019. So just over two years after the girls died. So during that press conference, police released an extended version of the original audio clip. So now you can hear the suspect say, guys, down the hill. So the original clip was just the down the hill. And now you can hear the fact that he says, guys, pauses and then says down the hill. It, like, sends shivers. Listening to it is, like, listening to it and knowing what's about to happen is yeah. legitimately the creepiest thing ever. It is. Absolutely. To accompany the extended audio, a video clip was also released. Turns out, the photo that was released at the beginning of the investigation was a screen grab from the video that Libby had taken with her phone. The short video clip shows the man walking on the Monine, on the Monon High Bridge. He has a, like, weird way that he's walking. So he, he actually kind of looks like he's a little off balance. But that can be attributed to many things. If he's older, if he had an injury, and honestly, just the way that the bridge is. Being yeah. unsure of your step. The bridge is, like, falling apart under your feet. You're 60 feet in the air. At the April 22nd press conference, an additional sketch was also released. The sketch, which appears to be an entirely different person than the first sketch, is now believed to be the main person of interest in the murders of Libby and Abby. Along with the new sketch, police also update their description of the suspect to include that he is a man between 18 and 40 years old. That's a big That's gap a big difference. Yes. Who could appear much younger than he actually is. So basically, he's one of those people who's like a young mm -hmm. old guy or an old young guy. Yes. Like, you could either be 12 or 75 at the same exact time. Yes. Yeah. So basically, they don't have an age range. Kinda, yeah. Kinda, yeah. Which, I mean, again... Jovi, that was such a judgmental look. Yeah, she's like, so basically, they don't have any of that. But the look on her face, she goes... <laughs> Yeah, so flip my hair and then have another. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <sighs> so, <laughs> when police decide to release the second sketch, they assumed it would be a shock to the actual murderer. They thought he may be watching, thinking that police were on the wrong path. So, they thought that might shake up something in the case. Unfortunately, it didn't seem to. Um, the sketches were created from witness accounts of two separate individuals who were in the area on the day of the murders. Indiana State Police later reveal that the second sketch, released more than two years after the girls were killed, was the first sketch that they actually drew up. So it was the first one they wound up drawing from, like, witness testimony, but they released the second one that they drew first. Wait, you said that they they did a mix of two people that were in the area? No, 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 no. Oh, no. okay. I'm sorry. I was no, like... No, no, no. No, you're fine. It was sketches from two different people from witness accounts. Oh, uh, okay. So like, like a person drawing. Exactly. So <laughs> Jovi one person, and I were both like, yeah. So like one person saw this guy and one person saw this guy. So uh, they okay. drew both guys. Okay. Right. So the second sketch they released was the first sketch they actually did was the first sketch they created, but they released the second sketch first. So I don't know why. I don't know if there was a reason they never released whether there was a reason, but whatever. Now, they also go on to say that it doesn't mean that the second sketch, like, 
negates the first one or vice versa, both sketches are still persons of interest. We still want to talk to either of these people. Yeah. So basically, they don't have an age range. Oh, I I go I yeah, we And t- they don't know what the fuck he looks like. Kind of. And now I do want to I do want to say this. So Correct. They don't have they don't have much to go on. They have the video that they released. They do have the audio they released. They have the sketches they released. Libby, the fact that she had the presence of mind to pull her phone out and take a video of this guy is more than they would have if she didn't. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, God bless her for being quick enough to think to press record on her phone. Absolutely. She's a damn hero. Um, and I'm going to get to it in a little bit, but I just really think that I think the cops know more and they're so afraid. They're so afraid to release information because it's stuff only the killer would know. But also because every time they release even like a snippet, they get like inundated. Yes. With like tips. And a lot of the tips don't lean anywhere. Right. So I think it's also hard for them to want to put information out when people are just giving their theories Mm -hmm. and they have to follow up on every single one of those leads. But what's happening is, but then the opposite's happening, right? Because they're not releasing enough so everybody's jumping to conclusions. That's true It's actually very similar to Elisa Lamb. Yeah. Because they kept everything so close to the vest at the very beginning, everybody was speculating. What did she see on the elevator? There was another foot outside of the elevator. Yeah. No, there wasn't. wasn't. She turned her foot. You can tell she turned her foot. Like it's, it's the stuff like that. And like, I think that that's exactly what's happening here is by not giving more information. You're making people jump to conclusions that don't exist. Yes. And you're creating your problem. Yeah. So when you do release something, people are like, yeah, my, like the, gym, like, my gym teacher once called me guys, so it must be him. Like, it, yeah, it's literally what? like throwing like a little piece of like me into like a piranha tank. Legit. And Legit. you have all these people just like frenzying mm-hmm. out because mm-hmm. they have that one little piece. Correct. And it's such a it's such a traumatizing and upsetting case to begin with. Oh, yeah. And so the fact that people want it solved. So they're grasping at straws to try to figure out who this guy is. Mm -hmm. Somebody knows something. And it could be someone that's right in front of them. Yeah. Because sometimes people make things into more than what they are. I agree. And I'm sorry. While um, social media is helping this case, it's also damaging it. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think that is very frustrating, and I think it's very frustrating for law enforcement, too. Mm-hmm. I said law. Yeah, I always say law I enforcement. Law <laughs> enforcement, because it's like, while they want to see what people are saying, and right. what, they, what they think they saw, or what they know they saw, it's right. like, okay, but... Is that viable? Is it, is it something that we could go off of? Is it something that that were like it just it's social media hurts but it's also very detrimental yes mm-hmm. yeah um so finally the cops also reveal at that april 22nd 2019 press conference that they were looking to identify the driver of a vehicle that was seen parked nearby the mon on high bridge the afternoon abby and libby went missing they released where the car was parked Get this. They released where the car was parked, but did not release information about the vehicle, make, model, color, or license plate number. So how are they going to be like, oh, I saw that car. There was a car parked there. Okay. Yes, yes, there was a car parked there. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, 
I understand the theory of we have to keep certain things secret because it's stuff that only the killer would know. I get that. Well, at least there's you a ha- description. Something. That's not a secret. Right. It's a car. And the whole thing is, is if you don't know the license plate number, fine, but make model color. So you get you can get somewhere. Then that way they can narrow down. Yeah. These are the these are the make model and and uh, year of the cars that fit this description. Let's see who they go to. Right. Is it? Go to each of those people and interview yeah. them and this that and the other thing. I know. <laughs> so was it horrible? But I'm like this person that if I see anything that I view as like being sketchy, I memorize I, the license plate. Me too. me too. Like this little girl the other day was like getting into this van and i was like kind of scraped like creeped out by it but then like I, I drive by that street all the time and that van's always parked outside the house so i was like it's probably her dad yeah but like me being like the person that i am i'm like all right i'm gonna remember this plate and what's XGY that little girl doing? 772 y like, <laughs> i got your number buddy yeah no. it's just like no. <sighs> uh-uh. so i kind of in my narrative here i go on a little mini rant why aren't the police offering up more information that could lead to the arrest of whoever did this it took two years for them to release maybe two millisecond video clip and an additional word of the original audio they aren't forthcoming on the vehicle that they're looking for the two sketches that were released are of two completely looking or opposite looking men um and again i even say in here i understand they need to keep some things out of the public things that only the killer would know yeah but it just seems like they're maybe keeping things too close to the vest yeah it's a sad and frustrating case and i really do believe it'll be solved it is solvable somebody knows did you ever listen to the jensen and holes episode on this no so um paul holes was Mm. talking about how Mm. the reason yeah sorry yeah i i I, like left there a pause in there Mm -hmm. for you to pause for reaction yeah so paul holes is talking about how the reason that they released that word guys is because like it's such a like like a word that someone would say in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, you could like hear that and be like, oh, okay, this person that I know says it like that. Right. Like, so he said that that's why they released that little bit. It's a really good, like, I recommend like listening to that one because they mm-hmm. go like really in depth with it. Mm-hmm. But doesn't make the case any less frustrating. It doesn't, no. Yeah. So I don't like unsolved. They stress me out. They, str- they stress me out too. I'm actually shocked I even did this because I also don't like unsolved. Um, tips continue to come in regarding Abby and Libby's murderer and who he may be. There are a ton of theories and it is very easy to fall down the Reddit rabbit hole trying to see if you can figure out who Bridge Guy is. They call him BG for short for Bridge Guy. Um, the award for information, uh, the reward for information leading to the arrest of the killer of Abigail Williams and Liberty German is now over $250,000. So, um, there are, I do have some contacts here for tips. So I will share that with you guys now. So for any tips that you might have leading to the arrest of Abby and Libby's murderer, the email is Abby and Libby tip at C A C O S-H-R-F. So C-A-C-O, Sherf, instead of like Sheriff, dot com. So Abby and Libby tip at C-A-C-O-S-H-R-F dot com. The tip line is 844-459-5786. And Indiana State Police is 800-382-7537. So that is the completely solvable yet still unsolved story of the murders of Abby Williams and Libby German, the Delphi murders. Those, Good those, job. 
the, the link, the email, I mean, I'm sorry, not the link, the email and the two phone numbers we could put in the Instagram post. Yes. So you guys don't have to keep rewinding and listening. <laughs> it'll be on It'll be on our social, it'll be on our social meds. Yes. So follow us on social meds. Social meds. So, Schmeetz. So, uh, yeah, that's my incredibly depressing story for today. Yay. So, yeah. Hopefully it'll be solved soon. You know, honestly, like some of these, like I, I literally was looking at that $250,000 reward and I was like, I can understand why people are web sleuths. Yeah. Like if you could literally solve this crime. Mm -hmm. Quarter of a million dollar richer. Yeah. And solve a murder and you solve a murder you get like it's a double winning right there it's a win-win situation but you know like it's gonna be someone who knows who this person is yeah it i think i really do truly agree with that i truly believe that the only way that this is going to be solved is whether this person commits another crime messes Mm -hmm. up and gets arrested and eventually through dna they figure it out or um it's somebody who knows who this person is and Mm -hmm. is either keeping their alibi for them and covering Which, it don't up. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I would literally turn over on either one of these girls. You guys kill somebody, I'm the first one to be like, hey, it was Jovi. J O V. This is her phone number. <laughs> yeah, don't cover for people. Don't co- I cover for nobody. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. I hate to be that person, but nobody's worth it. No, nobody is worth that for I love you, you guys, but don't kill yeah, anyone. No. Yeah. But problem that that's an easy problem to like yeah. avoid so basically help me help you and just don't tell me you killed yeah me because i'll turn your ass in um mm-hmm. or it's going to be that type of situation somebody's hiding something for somebody else and they're eventually going to come forward mm-hmm. and um or it's somebody who lives in another state and has never heard of this and eventually one day somebody's going to tell them about it and be like that's my uncle or you know Uh something like that right i mean it's it's eventually somebody's going to figure it out it's going to be like that's odd Mm -hmm. yeah so so yeah Yeah. that is the delphi murders job thanks thanks so i hope you guys all have a lovely evening we love all of you guys so so Mm -hmm. so much for listening um we had a fun I had a fun interaction with a couple of listeners the other day on Instagram. Lots of comments from one of our uh, episodes recently. So that was that was really fun. We got a I got a little chatty with with some of our peeps. So that was good times. Um, please go ahead and shoot an email if you want to shoot an email. If there's a case that you guys want to hear about and you want us to tell the story, um, let us know in an email. Uh, mm-hmm. That's at bed crime or it's bed crime stories pod at gmail dot com. Uh, we are on Instagram at bed crime stories. Um, yeah, we are on Twitter at bed crime stories, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't really update it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So I will be the first person to admit that I've dropped the Twitter ball. Um, I don't really like Twitter. I go on for a little bit and then I get frustrated with it. It's like the cesspool of humanity. Um, It's pretty awful. I don't have a Twitter. Yeah. I just have an Instagram. It's actually worse than Facebook. It's it's worse. It's terrible. People are awful. Um, But anyway. um, Yeah. So I guess that's it. Until next week, we will see you guys uh, then. And have a lovely afternoon. And until next week, sweet dreams. Our theme song is the song Industrial Music Box by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by backslash 3.0.